I'm really excited about this new study that we're doing. A deeper life with God. You believe it'll change your life and my life and our life together? That's about seeing God's dreams come true in your life. And I think it's going to have a really profound impact on our whole church. Going deeper into our faith with God is critical for every part of our life. A neat opportunity for us to not only study together, to learn together, to grow together. We were created to do life together. I can't wait to share it with you. Well, today we begin the very first in our, our first uh, season in our church of what we're calling a super series. Uh, we did a message series for many, many years, but we're also connecting it with our studies as well and classes and home groups and other places. Uh, the sermons connect to the Bible study somewhat, but directly related, though, to a deeper life with God. So we're staying in that same partnership throughout this next six weeks. So I hope you're excited about that. But today is the first message, A Deeper Life with God, Connecting with God. I have a new toy. Got it a few weeks ago. I occasionally run. I enjoy doing that. And I, and I found an inexpensive uh, GPS watch. It's a Garmin Forerunner 10, less than 100 bucks. Some of them are really, really expensive. And what it does, if you don't know, is I'll have to, when I'm walking, getting ready to run, I have to stop. And when I stop, I press a button right here, and it begins searching for the satellite. Take a minute, two minutes, five minutes. So you never know how long it's going to take. I have no idea why it takes longer sometimes than other times, but it just does. And I have to stand there until finally it says it's connected, and then the button goes on and says start. And I press again, and I begin whatever I'm going to do, run a mile or ten or whatever it happens to be. And, but it's about connecting, and I have to wait and do that. That is exactly what today and this series especially, really every Sunday, is about. It's about connecting with God in a very personal, real, uh, spiritual, we can use that word, kind of way. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Some of you have that in your life, some of you don't. My first memory of church was vacation Bible school. And I've gone back in my mind trying to think of what went on in church when I was a young kid. And, and we went all the time. We always went, had a little, uh, little suit sometime with a little red tie clip on. I remember that part. But I remember much about church as a kid. I remember a vacation Bible school as a little boy. I remember it especially because we got to color and they gave us Kool-Aid, and my teacher said, you're going to pop if you keep drinking that Kool-Aid. remember thinking, can you pop? That was in my head as a little boy. I, I know now you can't, but I thought maybe you could back then. <laughs> remember going to Sunday school, and every once in a while they have an award ceremony. I can't remember Sunday school as a kid, but I can remember the award ceremonies. They give you a little badge saying you attend for so long, such a length of time, and we get more and more badges. They hang down, and you'd be so proud. Look at all my little pins here. And again, I don't, I don't remember Sunday school, but I remember, I remember the badges that would come when I was a little boy. How many remember those little badges that you would get, little awards? A few of you remember that? Some aren't confessing that you can remember that, but I know many can uh, in your life. It was very popular back in those years. Uh, I remember in high school having our pastor, uh, Pastor Tom Connolly, who uh, was a young graduate from seminary, very young, but getting his start, preaching a series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's from Matthew. It's about uh, uh, the Beatitudes, uh, love God, love your neighbor. A lot of teachings of Jesus are in the Sermon on the Mount. I didn't know that then. All I know was, will Jesus ever get off that mountain? It was the longest series I can remember. He's never going to quit talking about that mountain. 
How long does it go on? That's what you're thinking when you're 16. I'm not sure anybody else here is thinking that, but that's what uh, I thought back in those years. We didn't go to uh, UMYF, we went to MYF, uh, Methodist Youth Fellowship in that time. And I don't remember much of that season of my life. I don't remember ever feeling God's presence. I, I thought about it, gone back in my head. What was it like? I don't remember that. I don't remember personally focusing on God. I know the church did. The preacher talked about it. The choir sang about it. But I don't remember ever doing it. I don't remember ever connecting with God in those first 18 years of my life. It just didn't happen. I don't know why. I can't blame anybody else. Somewhere it just didn't happen for me. And maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I wasn't, think, wasn't concerned about it, but I didn't. I just didn't have a deeper life with God. This series is called A Deeper Life with God. In fact, I had no life with God at all. My memory tells me that that was true. No concept of God, no uh, idea or thoughts about God, no connection with God, and God was not important in my life at all. I was important, and my goals and ambitions were important as well, even though I went to church almost every single Sunday. And you're here in church, and I'm guessing you're here to connect with God, maybe even have a deeper life with God. Do you want today to make that connection. The Bible says this, it says that it's God's initiative to bring us to Him. In other words, the Bible says God's Holy Spirit is drawing us constantly to God. It's always happening somewhere that God wants that, is leading that. The Bible talks about that, certainly, in the Word that God gives us. Uh, We're told that God sent Jesus into our world with that initiative in mind. I want you to bring these people back to me. That's your job. Go do it. And Jesus did it so well. Teaching, cross, resurrection, good news, all that Jesus Christ is about. And that God commanded that around a day that he gives us. We call that the Sabbath idea. Now, the question is, have we, do we, will we, can we really connect with God? And how do we know if we have or we haven't? I love what the Bible tells us in Galatians about what's called the fruits of the Spirit. The word spirit, God's presence, the connection with God, God filling us. We're we're partnering with God. Different ways you can probably define what that is. I really love that part. And it talks about what those fruits are. Here are some. You may know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Those are some of, according to the Bible anyway, evidences that we have connected with God, that we are walking with God, that God's in our lives, in our hearts, that we have that partnership of faith as well as His presence among us and in us, that we have those fruits evident in our own experience of life, either in our relationships, our service, or just us sitting somewhere by ourselves and feeling the peace of God. Well, what is the opposite of that? What's the opposite of peace? Well, maybe it's worry. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's even anger. You know, we live in a world where I think often anger and worry dominate people's lives. It's so overwhelming around us all the time. Maybe it's insecurity and fear. People often are afraid. I see a lot of fear out there. Often for people who have no reason to be afraid of anything, yet they still have fear. And insecurity, oh boy, just to feel that sense of I have no security in my life. Where can I get it? Where can I find it? I want that. If I ever get it, maybe then I'll have the peace and joy and the things that fruits of spirit talk about. 
So exactly what does it mean to connect with God and have those evidences of my life of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness? Just the words themselves bring a sense of presence of God, don't they? We know what God's about that. So how do we connect that way? Well, here's the first point that I really want you to hear today. We were designed to live in fellowship and friendship with God. We were designed for that reason. God made us that way. I'll say it again. God does not need that from us, but God made us that way, formed and shaped us around that idea that we would be in friendship and fellowship with God, with, with Him. You know, for hundreds of years, uh, many a long time ago, Europeans believed that the world was flat. And that belief in what we now know was a lie actually shaped the existence of Europeans in many ways. But along came people who didn't believe that and said, no, we think that's a lie. We think the truth is that the world is round. And believing that, of course, changed the world because people like Christopher Columbus got on a boat and, and came looking for India. Of course, they didn't realize that there was a whole continent in between them and India, but they went around to come back the other way and hit the U.S. And so here we are, or part of this world anyway, and, and here we are in what was then called the New World because they believed the truth. Now, Jesus says, the truth shall set you free. The truth is that we are designed to be in fellowship and friendship with God. Whether we like that or not, or want that or not, or believe that or not, that's still the truth. And we say that truth in a, at least Christians do, in times of worship we do, in a very secular culture that says that's not true. In a secular culture that says something very different than that, saying, no, you're independent, you're a separate identity, you don't need God, you don't need a creator, you don't need a spirit, you don't need religion, you don't need, you don't need any of those things. And that's what we hear all the time in various formats and ways it comes to you and I. So we live in a culture that says the world is flat. You don't need God. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need fellowship with God to be complete. The truth is that we do because God designed us that way, and to deny who we are is really kind of ridiculous, but we do. We do. And so it begins with that first thought that I want you to have, that God made you and me to walk in, I'll use the word, partnership with Him. And that grace and spirit and presence and life and fellowship and friendship, that without, we're going to live in fear, anxiety, we're going to be insecure. We're going to have anger issues. That's going to be our, our life. And we'll never know what real peace, real joy, real patience really is in that connection with our Creator as His creation. Well, second point is this. We have to let go of that which we can't control, trust God who loves us and has our best interests at heart. If we don't believe this, we're never going to want to be connected to God believe that this is true. So we have to accept that. When uh, my brother and I have, an, I, twin bro we have, I have a twin brother, for those who don't know, my, we were seven years old. Uh, we and our younger sister, who was about four and a half at the time, decided to run away from home. Uh, we were living in Colleen, Texas in those years. My dad was stationed there, even though it was in the Air Force, stationed on an Army base. And so we got together to do that. We were mad at our parents for something. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I remember that we got sticks 
and, and little and little bandanas and filled them with something. I don't know what it was, probably two toys and a sandwich, you know, crackers, who knows. And we all three had those, put them over our shoulder and headed out the door with our parents watching us. They're inside letting us go. We're thinking, you know, keep looking back, you know, are, are, are you sure? You know, we're only, no, but no. So we head out the door uh, and we get, I remember clearly, now why I can remember this and not Sunday school, I don't know. But I remember this, we get to the edge of the yard in the field behind our house and our little sister April says, I've got to go potty. <laughs> so we're thinking, we've we got to go back in the house. And so we have to go back, only getting about 20 feet. And then my mom and dad said, you ain't going again, you only get one shot at this. So <laughs> you come back, surrender this fast, you're not going any further than that in our running away from home, you know. But the reality, that's the reality of two seven-year-olds and a four-year-old. They're not getting far because they need mommy and daddy. And the four-year-old's got to go potty, you know. <laughs> now, we laugh at that, but that's our, that's our reality. Even still, no matter how old you are, you can't get very far from God before you realize, wait a minute, this ain't working. This is not going well. I am not enough, I'm not sufficient, I'm not capable of this, and just having a little sack on my back, is, I need more than this, and so we find ourselves being continually, in various ways, called back to God. It might be a limitation we have, an illness, our own mortality, our, our sin, just messing life up with the world we live in, are our fear, anxiety, insecurities, anger, saying, you need more than you are. And that's a call to our Creator, to move to our Creator, to go in that, to make that connection. And in that place, we say, so that's what peace feels like. That's what it's like to feel secure in the love of God. That's what it's like to know that I can trust my God. He has my best interest at heart. And our parents probably fed us supper that night, put us to bed, tucked us in. Next morning, we probably felt better about the whole thing. You know, that's how life works with God, just as surely, just as clearly, just as completely. So hear that today about our connection with God. He loves us. He has our best interests at heart. So when we call to that, when we're called to that person, we make that arrangement to move in that direction, whether in worship or singing a song or prayer or just saying, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me and save my soul. We're in this place where God calls us to be. Well, thirdly, and I sent this uh, note out actually on Thursday with my thought for the week. Uh, and I got a lot of traction on this, a lot of comments on it. A lot of people said things about that uh, in, in the few days after that. So I'm going to give it to you if you've not already read it. I'm going to say more about it. And here it is. Complaining is rebellion against God. The will and the want of humanity to not live life with God, but live life in the place of God. Which I think is really where sin, all, all sin comes from that place. I want to be God. I don't want to submit to God. I want to run things. I don't want God to run my life. I want to do what I want. I don't want limitations, boundaries. I don't want that in my life at all. And so because we have boundaries, we have limitations, we're, we're mortal, we are not enough, we can't control the world we live in, we can't manage it, we can't make things happen the way that we think would please us and please everyone else, because we can't do that, even small things and big things, we complain about it. And the complaint really is, I am mad that I am not God and you are. That's what we're saying, I think. Now, now, bear with me, please. What we're saying to God in that rebellious sense is, I am mad that I am not God and that you are, and I don't like it. 
I don't like not being God. The same reason that drew Adam and Eve to eat that fruit. And the devil said, you'll be like God to eat this fruit. You'll be just like God, and he does not want that. So eat this fruit, and you'll be like God. And think how good that's going to be. Well, how good was it when they ate the fruit? Well, not very good. Didn't turn out at all like they expected or anticipated. Or were told by the lie of the evil one or the lies our world still tells us today. Do this, go here, be that, and it'll be so wonderful instead of kneeling in the presence of God and accepting him as, as the God that he is. So we talk about that. And if we move to a place of today connecting with God and why often we are not, I think sometimes the greatest disconnect we have is a failure to be thankful, complaining too much, the GPS goes off, lose the connection, we don't know, we are, we don't know where, where, that we're lost in that place. Or fourthly, praying and worship and giving thanks to God in time and presence reorders life around the truth of who we are and who God is. And I believe that firmly about just coming to church. This reorders things. I am God's creation. I know that here very clearly. I'm the one to worship. God is worship. That makes life clear. I'm the one who needs. God's the one who meets my need. I'm the one who cries. God wipes my tears away. I'm the one who's afraid and, and I worry and I'm insecure. God gives peace and patience and the spirit to strengthen me in those areas and to bring me to a place of, of courage in my own life living that way. I think about the psalmist who wrote the psalm that you heard read by Gail a few minutes ago. Think about the psalmist uh, in a time in his own life, maybe of fear or anxiety. You see that evident in the entire psalm. His life wasn't going as well as he'd like it to go. He was in a tough time. So he, there he is, and, 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 though, and, and in Israel, there's very, a lot of mountainous areas. There's not a lot of water, and so to find a stream or a pool uh, out in a desert area is really a great gift. And he talks about, writes about the deer, who in a dry time comes down from the high places, and there he finds a pool of water where the water had flowed. And as the deer thirst, pants after that brook of water, and it gives life to that deer, so I thirst after you, O oh God. I love that way of presenting what it is to be drawn to God. I know you often feel that. You may or may not know that that's what it is. Or you may very well be able to verbalize that you're drawn to God that way. But that's how God designed us to be and how we connect with God. And, you know, I want you to be able to connect with God. I want that for you as I want that for myself. I know, I know what damages my own walk with God. What I need to do to make that connection. And this weekend we're talking about rest and Sabbath. Uh, we're talking about making that connection. We're talking about being drawn that way and how important that is in our own life. And I want you to be able to do that. So as you think about that image that I've already given you, we're going to sing a song. And Scott's going to lead that uh, song. And it's a dear pan. I'm going to read it for you uh, to begin. Then we're going to sing it together. And I want you to connect with God in the song. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You alone are my strength and shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. So get ready and click the GPS. Turn it on. We're going to connect with not the satellite, but with the, with the creator of all of us. And I want you to sing this with us, please. 
Where we live our life is so driven by things we have to do. You probably have to list in your mind already of things you need to do. You know, maybe you're in your home, maybe work, maybe family, maybe some things you want to do that you hope you have time for. I know how we live. I know what our life is about. I understand that life and that world. I have many things to do all the time. But there's nothing more important than connecting with God, knowing where we're going, who we are, who God is, what life is about. The idea of Sabbath and rest, what the Bible says about that is God saying, I created you to need me. Stop and make that connection. That that's the highest value in our life. There's nothing better or more beautiful than that. And from that place of connecting with God, all the rest of life is lived. The things that we enjoy doing, family moments, also tragic and difficult times is God's at work to save and redeem all of us and to give us life that's abundant, as the Bible says, as Jesus taught, and also everlasting. And so we're given so many things to be able to do that, even having a day set aside for that purpose. Even God ordering in creation seasons of rest and seasons of harvest and seasons of night and day. As God writing within each one of us all the limitations that we have that often annoy us, as God writes within us our own boundaries that often we complain about. As God writes in our very nature and DNA limitations of how long life is and where God's calling us. But to celebrate what it is to walk with God in this way is a connection that changes everything. So in a world driven, I believe, because of secular culture's teaching, driven by fear and anger and anxiety, a constant reoccurrence, in people's lives, even the lives of those who love and know God, we think about what this means. And I want us to sing it again. As God's going to lead us again in that song. Our gracious God, you know, often fear really is our way. 
The world just makes us afraid. We hear things all the time happening that is falling apart, and we sometimes believe that. Where we're going to lose this or not get that, and it makes us afraid. We forget that you're our God. We find ourselves anxious about this or that. Often it's nothing. We forget really about what the anxiety thing was about the day before or last week, and it turned out okay, and it, we were anyway. Insecurity marks many of us, God. We've been abandoned by someone that, that we trusted. Someone hurt us. Someone damaged us. Our life itself has not gone the way we thought. Today we lay that aside, and we open our lives to the fruits of your Holy Spirit, your love for us, peace, and everything, joy that drives us into the future, patience, God, that manages our days, and your grace always that makes it all work. Because truly, we say to you today, we truly, God, come to you today in this connection as a dear panic for the water, so our soul does long for you. We know that. You are the desire of our heart, and we want to worship you, and so we have. You alone, God, are our strength and our shield. Nothing else really is. And we yield our spirits to you, God, today with our heart's desire as we come and long and so do worship you. And our prayers in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I want to add to uh, this a couple of reminders for you. Again, you can be a part of one of the, one of the home groups or class as well by buying a book, and they'll tell you how to make that connection. Uh, also, just asking will show you where you might connect. And if you can't be a part of a group, the book really is a, 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 that guides you. You can do that as an alone devotional, you and God somewhere. So it works for that also. So think about that. If, if nothing else fits for you right now, maybe that'll work for you and give, and give that a shot if you would. Uh, also, if you've been thinking about membership in our church family and what that means, starting point's not far off. Uh, go to the back, sign up. We'll make sure you connect with that, tell you more about what membership means and how you might connect with our church family in that full I belong this way officially moment. Uh, if you're a guest, we're so pleased you're here. You've been blessed today. Lady Avis comes on occasion. We love when she comes. She brings the spirit of grace and love and joy to us. So thank you, Lady Avis, for bringing that to us today and, and the music and all that, what that is. Uh, and we uh, also hope you've been blessed by other parts of our service as well. If, you, if you're a guest, go to, the, go to Connection Point, right through those doors. We want to give you a packet. Says we're glad you're here. Tells you more about our church. You can also ask any questions you might have at that point at that time as well. And last uh, invitation, we have a place we all call Care connection through those doors. Someone will pray for you today or take your prayer request or help you find resources. Head that way. Either Pastor Sharon or Pastor Caesar Caesar will be back there waiting for you. I know they'll serve you in that way as well. And those are our invitations. Now would you stand?